Need a quick hit of Marketing Smarts inspiration? Here it is. We have lifted portions of our Marketing Smarts episodes for those of you who need a quick jolt of marketing savviness right now. Refer to the description for how to find a longer form version. And with that, here it is. All right, question number one. What if I work for an organization where vulnerability is simply not appreciated at any level? And we just kind of touched on this really with the last point and the idea of being brave enough and and maybe that situation where you're in an organization where vulnerability is not appreciated. So the first thing we'll say here is you have to decide whether you can live within the walls of that place. Um, As we said, vulnerability is permeating most organizations in some way now. And so if it's not catching up to yours, we fully believe that it will at some point. But you need to take a look at yourself and see if you can authentically find a way to live within the organization based on your comfort level around vulnerability and sharing. If there are pockets of vulnerability in the organization, you might be able to seek those out. So just because it's not something that comes down from the top doesn't mean that it's not existing somewhere in the organization and that you and that sub-team of people or that group or that department couldn't start to build from within and set the example for the broader organization. I mean, I'll give an example of I remember uh, working with a company when I was at one of the agencies and the CEO was very stoic and very old school and didn't want to hear about your problems. He'd ask how you're doing, but not really care, you know, like just that kind of like passing on through, checking the boxes, not really interacting with people. And so when we first brought them on as a client, I was like, ooh, I'm not sure how this warm and fuzzy branding exercise is going to go in this organization, but we'll see. But what we were pleasantly surprised to find is that Not only were there pockets, but there was vulnerability among teams across the organization, really, and they were functioning quite highly. And what they bonded around was managing up to that CEO who didn't fit the culture of the rest of the organization. And they'd really joined hands to learn how to successfully um, participate in meetings with him, get decisions made, etc. It was like they just learned to appreciate and respect his style was what it was. And then they were able to build their teams because he wasn't a micromanager, he wasn't in all the day-to-day, however they wanted to. And there was actually more of a connection than I would have thought given the fact that that was the person at the top and the directive from the top. So it actually turned out to be a really nice situation that first glance I would have never expected to see with that organization. And then finally, you know, we talked in the previous one about leading the way and testing the waters, um, being professional in your vulnerability, but see if there are ways, whether it's you or others, to start to build by example in various parts of the organization so that it almost like takes over from beneath, right? Where the foundation's being built and before you know it, oh my gosh, this is a totally new and different organization. Um, And I think this is another one where anecdotally I can say that there was an organization that I came into that was, was as an organization, very stoic and reserved. And you could feel it the minute you walked into the office and it was an agency, which made it even stranger. And I was like, huh, this is going to be fun and exciting. How long am I going to (laughs) stay? And it was supposed to be just a short assignment, but I ended up staying a year and a half. And 
what I was able to bring to the team was the culture of a different type of organization and really trying to build one-on-one relationships with first all of my team members and then more broadly than that. And I'll say it didn't work with everyone. And there were certain departments that just were resistant. They were, you know, had been there longer and were stuck in their ways and whatever. But we were able to, I would say, spice up the organization, if you will, and build a little more humanity into the day-to-day. And I think it was really just a result of the type of work that was being done was a little more analytical and engineering bent, perhaps, than what's traditionally done at an agency. And so I think people just became kind of the the work and put their heads down and did the work. And then that just led to day in and day out of that. And so it took someone that was new because a lot of people had been there a long time to walk in and be like, what the heck is this? And then encourage people to be different, which I feel like ended really well. I think you're saying engineers can't be vulnerable. <laughs> okay, I gave a stereotype. That was the engineering Especially team Especially I'm an engineer yeah, okay. by background. Well, okay. All right. What, but I think your point is well taken. And I think, you know, some people are probably saying, well, you know, I'm a very private person. Mm-hmm. I don't like to share my, you know, my personal stuff. And it's really nobody's business. And, you know, we're just fine having this like environment where, you know, we just kind of keep to ourselves and, and we don't really share. And, you know, I, I think in this day and age, especially if you're trying to unite culture, especially behind mission and all these like other things that we've talked about in other episodes about how you really drive businesses forward. You just can't do that if you can't be human with each other. And I know mm-hmm. we sound like broken records, but it's so critically important that you just can't show up and do a job and expect not to bring any of your other self to that job and expect you to do well in that work as, as well as collaborate with others around mm-hmm. you as, as well as progress up through the organization. I'm like, that's just not the world we live in. So if you're if you're stuck in that like in that paradigm, that's like well, you know, I, I, I shouldn't be doing that. I shouldn't be bringing all my, you know, personal stuff to work. It's like, you don't have to bring your baggage with you, but you have to bring who you are there and let other people try to help you. I think that's really like the coming together of, of, of work environments right now. And if you happen to be a leader of one, you know, think about that. Think about what a stable and a um, cohesive and supportive environment the workplace can be if somebody is allowed to kind of show up how they are, right? So I think that's really important. The other thing, again, in, in our efforts, since it's all about vulnerability, I'll be really vulnerable. It's like, I have a therapist. Mm-hmm. I actually just talked to my therapist at noon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I talk to my therapist every month, regardless if I feel like I need to have talk to her or not. You know why? Because I, I she's the only one that I can pay to listen to anything I have to say. <laughs> now, April, I don't play, and she still has to I listen to everything say, I say. I was just going to say, wait a minute here. <laughs> but, um, you know, but she, I mean, I can tell her anything, and there's no judgment there, and there's no, you know, it, nothing that is going to make me feel bad about myself, but only, and it's only help. So if you feel like you're not quite getting what you need from there, get somebody who's a professional to actually be able to help you kind of work through some of these things and see how you can better manage them in both your personal and your work life. 
Yeah, I think that's a, a good share, but also a fabulous point of it's not just the workplace that's moving toward this, but it's also the acceptance of the need for things like therapists, which I think historically that is like a big X next to your name. But now we're seeing more than ever. I mean, people that you would be like, that person seems like the most together person ever. They see a well, therapist. Thank you. Like, yeah, see, so I'm giving it a compliment. But <laughs> anyway, I mean, I do think it is, a, therapist. It's a, <laughs> it is a really fair point that this is not just something professional leaning. It's really the whole world in general. And if you don't know how to be vulnerable, I feel like you got to learn to some capacity to successfully exist and be happy as a human. Yeah, I totally, totally, totally agree. All right. Number two, what if I manage someone that's just too vulnerable and makes the team uncomfortable? And Yes. So, you know what, this one gets really tricky um, because you, like we've been talking about, you want people to come to work and be able to bring themselves to work, but you need to really protect and manage the the team dynamic. So it's really important to first kind of try to diagnose why this person is um, behaving this way on a very consistent basis. And these, we're talking about people who are like always seem to be Okay, I'll use the stereotypes like drama queens or kings or like there's always something going on and they're highly distracting because they're taking up all the energy and all the space and they're not being able to then contribute in the way that they're going to, you know, they're supposed to be able to contribute and they're missing expectations. Like these are people who are always feeling like they're in that constant swirl of, of drama that um, we're talking about here and we all have them and we've all worked with them. So first, try to diagnose why they're, they're doing this. Is there really something that's like systemic? and consistently going on that needs to be addressed? Or is it a way to get attention? Um, we've seen them both. We, mm-hmm. We've seen these people behave um, in these ways for, for both reasons. If it's something that they're really consistently struggling with, I mean, a lot of people, like I said, when I was going through my divorce, that thing took months. <laughs> and it was like an emotional roller coaster, right? I was seeing a, seeing a therapist. I was seeing, you know, other um, healers outside of the, of the work environment. I, you know, let my team know what was going on so that they could be prepared if there was like some high moments and low moments. Um, but also um, my my boss was very clear that there was other um help available to me if I needed it either through HR or through um, resources that the company offered. Um, so there was always a, a way to be able to address those kinds of things, especially if I was having a bad day or give me a place to go where I could just like calm myself, collect myself. Now, if it's more of a professional performance-based type of uh, uh, issue, like if it's getting so dramatic that a person's no longer being able to contribute in the way they're supposed to, you also may need to get HR involved. And you also may need to be able to um, tap into these resources. But you also may have to have one of those tough conversations. And we have a great podcast episode on that. So we highly suggest you listen to our Tough Conversations podcast episode, which really talks about how to, to deal in these situations. Now, if it's more about getting attention, again, you're probably going to want to listen to that Tough Conversations <laughs> episode where we talk about how do you be able to address that in a very proactive uh, way, like maintaining the emotion um, and and making sure that you're having a clear conversation there because it's going to have to be way more direct about what's going on there and why they're doing that and what's motivating them with a real big picture <laughs> surrounding that about how this is impacting their career. Um, and especially if it's part of their personal brand, how their behaviors and actions are then not getting them towards their goals. So those are um, all things you need to to address once you kind of figure out what is the motivation behind why they're acting how they're acting. 
Yeah, and I just want to put a fine point on the these folks are typically the ones that there is always something happening, right? So Anne did a good job of contextualizing her experience, but I would not characterize Anne as someone who's always overly emotional and vulnerable. And I was during that time, though. Well, and I anything set me off. Yes, and I was I riding can... the edge so high that anything could set me off. Okay, so. But not in a normal basis. Yes, yes, exactly. So I feel like these people, um, you know, we all have them in our lives where they're always running late. They're always coming in with a huff. They're always throwing their things down on their desk. They're just waiting for someone to ask what's going on mm-hmm. with them. They're attention seekers, right? They, you know, they their emotion, you feel it when they walk into the room and you're like, oh, what's going to be today with this person, you know? So if you have that example in your head, I mean, those are the folks that we are talking about. Now, to Anne's point, there can be situations where you become that. um, And that's also something that needs to be managed. But I think the point here is to uphold and respect the culture of an organization, you got to make sure that you can either successfully manage and contain these folks, or you may have to part ways with them because that one bad apple can distract the work, distract the team and make people unhappy overall. Yeah. And I, 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 I agree. I totally agree. And I think as you're going through those conversations, put a plan in place yes. to help guide the expectations and the um, the transformation in behavior that you are expecting. So there is some level of accountability mm-hmm. um, it's for you as well as that person. And really be clear about how you want them to behave and, and how that you know, is going to be conducive to them showing up more strongly within the culture. Um, but don't try to make somebody something that they're not mm-hmm. either. Um, but So that that's why we, we suggest using personal brand as a way to ha- be able to have that conversation on a more objective level so they can see that, hey, this characteristic that they have, if we'll just say emotional, emotionally led person, that that's not good or bad, but the way that it's showing up is not helping them move towards their goals. So you don't make it at a personal attack. Yeah, really good point. Still need help in growing your marketing smarts? Contact us through our website, forthright-people.com. We can help you become a savvier marketer through coaching or training you and your team or doing the work on your behalf. Please also help us grow the podcast by rating and reviewing on your player of choice and sharing with at least one person. Now, go show off your marketing smarts.